Is it worth becoming the GOAT? Find out on this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pushback. I'm Dr. Johnny, and before I get too much into this podcast, I want to say a few things from a personal standpoint. I mentioned last week that uh, my son was getting married, and he uh, did get married uh about two or three days ago on a beautiful summer day here in Minnesota. We had some rumblings of thunder with an outdoor wedding, uh, but during the ceremony, there wasn't a drop. And by the time we all got to the reception and under the tent, there was some rain that came, but at that point, it didn't matter anymore. And we just had a perfect, perfect day. And so I want to uh, just say to any of those of you who were there or listening or sending your wishes. Um, I just want to say thank you uh, for participating and being part of that special event. I'm very proud of my son and I'm super thrilled about my new daughter-in-law and our Claussen family is growing and extending and there's just new phases and new parts of life as we enter into uh, uh, this area of growing children and becoming uh, one flesh, as I mentioned last week. It was a beautiful, beautiful thing to be part of and to be connected with. So I'm proud of them. And Benny, if you're listening, I'm proud of you, son, and I'm so grateful uh, for this week. Um, on a sadder note, uh, there is a, a woman named Benny Johnson who passed away this week. Um, her husband, Bill, uh, are pastors out in Redding, California. And uh, outside of my family, my immediate family who has sown into my life so richly, um, Bill Johnson and his family uh, have perhaps set the trajectory of my life through his teachings uh, more than anybody on the planet. And so um, when he lost his wife this week, um, I am mourning with him at that loss because I, I know that his heart is broken and uh, he's a special man. I'm not sure he would even know me if we walked by each other on the street, um, but I can testify uh, of his influence uh, in my life, in my family's life. And I just want to take this opportunity with the microphone in front of me to say, Bill, we love you. And, uh, and um, our heart is broken with yours. Um, and uh, just pray for a special visitation of the Holy Spirit of comfort uh, at this time. So I want to make sure that, and Bill is actually going to come up later in this podcast, uh, and he uh, comes up in many different podcasts because of the influence uh, that he has had on me and our ministry, for sure. I want to talk about becoming the GOAT. It's certainly been a phrase that has come up lately, and it's um, become a very popular phrase about becoming the GOAT, which is the greatest of all time. You know, we live in a world 
of top 10 lists and performances and rankings and who is the best, who is the greatest. And so my kids are even using the term, you know, that this person is goaded. <laughs> took me a little time to understand what, what they were talking about. Uh, but if you did really well, then you have goaded which I guess means you're the greatest of all time, which doesn't really make sense because not everybody can be the greatest of all time, you wouldn't think. But this topic came into my mind because my daughter, Lydia, and I went to go see the Elvis movie. Now, many can make a very valid argument that Elvis was the goat. Uh, He was given a moniker of the king of rock and roll. I mean, this is royalty. And so you could really say that he, in many respects, especially in the music industry, was the GOAT. He was the greatest of all time. She asked me if I wanted to go see the the new Elvis movie. And I kind of hesitated because I said, Lydia, I've seen so many uh, quote-unquote documentary-type movies about these stars' lives And they're all a little bit the same. Um, Heartache, devastation, drug use, um, womanizing, (laughs) pain, betrayal. And I said, I just don't know if I necessarily want to go see that again. And so we went to go see the Elvis movie. And guess what? It was about pain and drug use, and womanizing, and betrayal. It was all of those things all over again. I would say from a personal standpoint that it was a very well done movie, in my opinion. I thought the cinematography of it and the storytelling of it was tremendous. I thought the young man that played Elvis was spectacular. Tom Hanks played his manager, so you know that that's going to be good. And um, so from, from a cinematic experience. Uh, I was not disappointed, but you always leave feeling sort of sad. Nobody wins. Uh, he ends up being a drug addict and being, um, being taken for granted and being taken advantage of and sadness, uh, broken marriage, broken family. And yet we have to walk away from these stories with a life lesson. And I love that because that's what my podcast is about. It's about culture. And we can connect very strongly to a culture that's betrayed, that is portrayed, I should say, portrayed um, to us even through these movies and learn something about ourselves, learn something for our children's sake. And Elvis is not alone. As I've mentioned, there's story after story after story of of those who have achieved everything that this world can offer. Elvis Presley um, achieved everything that is possible by a human being on the face of the earth that this world can offer. He had all of the money that he could ever spend. He had all of the fame. In fact, I would probably venture to guess 
that if you travel across the world, across the globe, even today, that the name Elvis, you don't even have to say his last name. If you just say Elvis, most people will know who he is. That is fame in the highest degree. And he achieved that. Fame, fortune, notoriety. He was the top of his game professionally. You know, my daughter said, you know, and I, 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 have, I have to really agree with her, that he, she said, you know, a lot of these old-time performers, if you transported them today, not all of them would make it. Not all of them were blessed with unbelievable talent. They were sort of in the right place at the right time in the right era. But Elvis, she said, if Elvis was alive today, if he was a young man today, she's like, I think he would make it. I think he would still be just as popular because his songs and his music and his style just connected and it still kind of connects. And I think that's why he had even the longevity that he had. So I was just driving home today with the boys and on the radio pops up Whitney Houston. And I get misty, I get teary every time I think of her and, and every time I listen to her voice. My friends, she was royalty. They, many called her the queen of soul. And in fact, she had the moniker, listen to this, called The Voice. Think of all the millions of singers and performers throughout all of the years. And yet when Whitney comes on the radio, you almost can't argue with the fact that it's The Voice. It's like angelic. It's one of the most pure powerful, passionate voices that you can ever hear. And it moves me <laughs> even now emotionally because of how gifted and talented she was. And we can easily make the transition to Michael Jackson. He was royalty. He was called King, the King of Pop. The King of Pop. The Queen of Soul, the King of Pop, and the King of Rock and Roll all achieved everything this world had to offer them. Fame, fortune, the highest degree of talent and achievement in their field. There was no place higher to go. And yet they all shared the same drink called misery. Why? Because how empty it must feel to try to achieve everything this world offers and then to be sort of the handful of the few that actually do achieve the, the greatest pinnacle that this world gives only to have it not be enough. My friends, we shouldn't be surprised because we weren't hardwired to need those things. We were hardwired and can only be satisfied by the one who made us and the one who created us. The one, ugh, this is going to make me cry. Here I go. The one who gave Whitney Houston her voice. It was the one who created her with that gift was the only one that could satisfy her ever. 
the only one that 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 gave Elvis Presley his his magnetism was the only one that could ever satisfy him. The only one that could have Michael Jackson perform and bring a crowd to his feet, their feet, is the only one that could satisfy him. I've shared this before, that there was a famous quote by Troy Aikman. After he had won multiple Super Bowls and he was the quarterback at, on the, at the greatest position in sports, at the pinnacle of what life could offer, he had all the money and the fame and the fortune that life could ever bring him. And he was back in his hotel after another ring was on his hand and he uttered the phrase, is this all there is? My friends, we should be super aware of these types of people and the agony and pain and emptiness that they had at the end of the rainbow. We don't have to try to guess what fame and fortune and all of the things that this world gives us. We don't have to guess what it would be like to have those things because we know that the result of it is emptiness, that it can never fulfill or satisfy. It will never be enough. It'll never fulfill that satisfaction, that place in our heart that can only be filled by a father and through identity. You know, there's goats in the Bible. You know, Solomon in the, in the realm of wisdom it says in 1 Kings, Solomon's wisdom was greater than the wisdom of all the people of the East and greater than all the wisdom of Egypt. In other words, all the world. <laughs> From all nations, people came to listen to Solomon's wisdom, sent by all the kings of the world who had heard of his wisdom. In the realm of wisdom, Solomon <laughs> was the goat. <laughs> he was the goat. And yet we read about the rise and the fall and the sadness and the things that he tried to implement into his life because there was never enough. It said the queen of South, this is Jesus speaking, will rise at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to listen to Solomon's wisdom and now something greater than Solomon is here. Jesus talked about John the Baptist, and he said, I say unto you, among those that are born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. He was the goat. I don't think Jesus actually said that, but he was implying it. But he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than than he. There is someone who came on the scene that was greater than Solomon. He brought a culture of humility and servitude that would show that those who would be least, those that would be at, at the end of the line, would be greater than John the Baptist. See, Jesus came and flipped everything on its head. 
John the Baptist was the goat. <laughs> and yet he said, those that serve, those that are, are least in the kingdom is greater than he is. That's the culture that we need to find. That is the real fulfillment at the end of the rainbow. That's what we're after. That's the culture that he formed for us, for us to become like Jesus, like he didn't come to glorify himself. He came to serve. That's what he said. In Matthew 16, 26, in the Amplified Version, it says, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world, wealth, fame, success, <laughs> but forfeits his soul? Do you see? We have goats that have gone before us, but and all this world would offer will never satisfy if you're a young person listening to this well i can say anybody of any age if we're honest we're hungry for fame we're hungry for success we all want more 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 money more attention more fame more fortune and yet there should be a megaphone, a blowhorn blowing in your ear saying, wait a minute, that is not the target. The target is his kingdom and service in his kingdom. Let me go back to Bill Johnson. I remember Bill Johnson saying that he does thank the Lord every time the Lord used him in ministry. And, and maybe that brought attention to him or his ministry. But he said he rejoiced for every time the kingdom was advanced and he was concealed, hidden. Because there's a, there's a price, there is a sacrifice of fame, fortune, success. And we need to not look at it as the goal. We need to look at it as the service. See, I believe that we can be willing to have influence, maybe even willing to be famous, to carry the burden of fame. But it has to be for his cause, for his mission, for his message. And that's where I sit I'm willing to be famous. <laughs> I always said I think I'd be a horrible famous person because I I just like my privacy so much. <laughs> I like to be concealed. But I'm willing, Lord. I'm willing because of your message. If you handed me a message, then who am I to hide it under a bushel? And yet it's supposed to shine so that the world can see it. If that means that Jonathan Clausen needs to be famous so that the world can see the message, even though it can be connected to a burden, to pain, to hardship, to criticism, I am willing to carry that. However, it needs to be about 
him. So Lydia and I are driving back from the Elvis Presley movie, and we have about 25 miles from Brainerd back to home. And I believe that Lydia was, was prophesying to me, to the world. She was downloading uh, her analysis of, of the pitfalls, of the potential for pain associated with fame, with fortune, with success. And, and, and she laid out sort of these three points that I think I could organize in my brain as she's, as she's speaking with her heart. And, and I'm, I'm weeping and listening to her because I know that there's a call on her life to not be hidden or concealed, but to be out front and to use the gifts and talents, talents that the Lord has given her. And I'm hearing her say it back to me about the way that it cannot destroy her. So let me give you those three things. She was she didn't list them in, in numbers. Actually, I think there's actually four things. She didn't number them, but I believe that this, these are what they are. So listen, she would have a not cross list. Basically, I would rather have less fame and fortune than cross this line. There need to be lines that have that are drawn no matter what it is. It doesn't have to be a performer like Elvis or a songwriter like my daughter or or any any profession that we're in. Like what are those lines that we will not cross? That we will sacrifice salary, money, fame, fortune, um, whatever it is, we will sacrifice those things because we will not cross that particular line. What are those lines in your life? Create a vision and a mission statement. See, see if we don't know the why we are doing things, if we don't know the message or, or the, the part of his kingdom that we, are, that we are promoting, then people will try to steer us away from our mission. If we have a mission statement, then we can sincerely look them in the eye and say, I appreciate your advice, advice, but it doesn't line up to the vision and the mission of my life. So I'm going to have to say no. Or somebody comes along and it lines up perfectly with the direction or the vision or the mission in which you are there in that industry or ministry. And you say yes. You need to surround yourself with those who will speak into your life. So how do you know who those people are? I would say, surround yourself with those that would die for you. <laughs> Oof, huh? Yeah, that's a big thing to say. We all have those people that would take a bullet for us. Who are those people? Just make the list in your mind right now. It's probably not a huge long list. <laughs> Who are those people that would die for you? Those are the people that you surround yourself with, that you check in with, that you ask for advice for, that you receive wisdom from. And you commit yourself to allow them to speak into your life. No matter how confusing or, or stifling or uh, or, or, or whatever their advice may be, that even if you feel like, man, I, I'm not sure I connect with that advice, listen to them because they would die for you. Those are the people. Elvis didn't have those people. 
and his life got pushed around by those who would manipulate him. It doesn't have to be that way. And fourth is identity. (laughs) Go back to tens and tens of my podcasts beforehand and find out that it's about, about identity. It's about being a son and a daughter. It's about entering these realms of influence in our world as sons and daughters because we are the ones that bring influence. We aren't the one who become in, becomes influenced. We need to become and realize that we are co-heirs with the only real goat. (laughs) We are co-heirs with Christ, the true greatest of all time. That we are working together with him, seated in him in heavenly places, accomplishing the tasks for which he has sent us to and for which he has empowered us in. Create a non, a not to cross list, a vision and mission statement. Surround yourself with those who would die for you and adhere to your identity. And then it's possible to become famous, but promote his kingdom and to bring influence across the face of this earth. Not to become another casualty on the list of the rich and famous but be one that brings lasting and whole influence here on this earth. And that's how we shape the culture. That's how we do it. So I thank Lydia for sowing into all of us. I thank Elvis for inspiring us. And I'm sorry about the tragedy of his life. It didn't need to be that way. It wasn't meant to be that way. Because the co-heir, the goat, when he lives in us and we in him, we change the world. So let's go together now to set and shape the culture. Mm